Hi, I'm Dubba. I'm the director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. You may have heard we were in Germany last week running MTF Frankfurt as part of the absolutely enormous Music Messer and ProLite and Sound. We ran a trackathon, the MTF Pro Labs Innovation Masterclass, and the 24-hour MTF Labs run by Tom Fox, Tim Yates, Drew Fostini, and Helen Lee. We were 22 hours into that 24 hours, and only a few hours before the final onstage public performance of everything that had been created in the labs, when I pulled Helen aside to have a chat about her work. She's a maker, inventor, and teacher. Her recent book is called The Crafty Kid's Guide to DIY Electronics, and we'd also worked with her before running MTF Sparks, our labs for teens, in Liège a couple of years back. Now, at MTF Frankfurt, Helen had been building this amazing and rather large playable instrument that was equal parts electronic harp and creepy spider creature. And of course, just as I pulled her away, it had stopped working. Nonetheless, she joined me for a chat for the MTF podcast, and it was great to get the opportunity to talk about her work and her inspiration. From MTF Frankfurt, this is Helen Lee. Helen, thanks so much for joining us at the MTF podcast. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, why are you here? What's uh, what's going on and what are you working on? So I'm working um, with a bunch of awesome people in Music Tech Fest Labs. There's four of us. There's um, Tom and Tim from Acoustic um, and Drew, who um, works for BeagleBone. And me, and we are leading a really awesome, I want to say hackathon, but it's not really a hackathon because it's not competitive. And the idea is that you carry on your projects afterwards. Um, so yeah, this this almost hackathon uh, where we're doing creation of musical instruments, soundscapes, and general awesome noisy in- inventions. <laughs> you know, so we're facilitating that and working on our own projects and generally having a good time breaking things. Is what do you do for a living an okay question or is it one of those <laughs> complicated things? <laughs> it's, a, it's an okay question. Um, I'd say largely um, some I invent things. Um, sometimes I write about the things I invent. Sometimes I sell the things I invent. Um, sometimes mostly other people sell the things that I invent so um, I work on I worked on um, the Mini Moo Glove which is sold by Pimaroni and Adafruit um, I worked on that for uh, the Mimu for the Glove which um, is the one that Imogen Heat performs with um, and me Imogen and the Mimu team worked together to create a DIY children's version of the famous gesture sensing instrument that the Mimu Glove team make so um I really enjoy using real-world tech in classrooms, and um, I was really inspired by the Mimu Glove, so I got in touch with the team to ask if I could do, essentially, a DIY version for not a lot of money that I could use in class, and um, um, and they really loved it, um, and then I made one, and lots of other people really loved it, so we decided to um, develop it into a product, um, so that was pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, I wrote a book last year as well. So I do, I do a lot of writing and product development. That's my major thing. Um, but also, I do. I'm a lecturer um, in a couple of universities in London. Um, so I lecture on music tech, um, electronics, physical computing, and um, play-based learning. So it's I have a, I have a very mixed bag of things that I do. But um, education and technology are very much at the core of everything. 
that's probably a nice way to encapsulate mm. inventor mm. slash educator. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, okay, let's start with the book because uh, mm-hmm. that's a, a really fascinating thing and, and aimed at essentially getting kids to make things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's not just your typical um, putting wires into things book. Um, I really um, am fascinated by how more traditional creative pursuits intersect with technology um so i'm not a big fan of tech for tech's sake um i like being playful with tech um, and i think it's a really nice way of teaching it as well um it's one of the reasons i'm here really is um is the intersection of the creativity of music and the resourcefulness of technology makers um and Another region that I enjoy is craft. So craft um, and and kind of um, handmade things and how that fits in with technology. I mean, often in the media, you'll see them pitted against each other, you know, robots versus craft or, um, you know, handmade versus mass produced. But I actually think that's a false dichotomy mm-hmm. um, and that there's so many beautiful things happening um, in the intersection between craft um, and technology. And I really wanted to write a children's book that um, celebrated that and used craft as a way into technology and technology as a way to augment craft. Um, because it's not a one-way street, of course. You only have to look at a knitting pattern and, and mm. this is this is programming. Absolutely, it's programming. And in fact, um, I, I think often these... Um, these crafts are undervalued and, and the history of them is kind of destroyed. There's a this fascinating book that I um, read recently called The Subversive Stitch and it's all about the feminist history of embroidery. Wow. Um, and also, you know, I, I read a really interesting article on um, knitting spies. So in the World War II, um, they had ladies knitting things and dropping stitches to um, just pass secret messages onto wow. other people. It was a form of communication. Of course, it's code, you know. Um, so anyway, this book is called The Crafty Kids Guide to DIY Electronics, and it teaches the basic concepts of technology, um, but through um, sewing and through papercraft and origami and through DIY robots and wearable things. Um, it's very much like project-based. It's not a textbook at all. I mean, you do learn something in every project, but it's set in the context of a project. Um, things like making a, um, a moving origami ladybird that buzzes around or um, a secret mood signal badge um, that teaches you the basic concepts of binary. Um, so these kind of imaginative projects, and I can't actually take full credit for all of these projects. I worked with an advisory board of 200 girls to write this book. Um, and they were on my mailing list and I would send them hundreds of ideas and they'd come back and vote on their favourite ones. So actually the inclusion of every single project in that book um, is thanks to a group of, of girls and not thanks to me at all. In fact, lots of my favourite ideas were completely um, designated uncool by, um, by the committee oh, of girls. Yeah. <laughs> so what were you like as a kid? Um, I was very bookish, um, I think. Um, but... Yeah, I, I read a lot. I read a lot. I mean, I still do read a lot. Um, but I also, I've been a runner my whole life as well. And I think that's where I sort through a lot of my kind of creative thoughts um, and technical thoughts as well. So I, I sort through a lot of stuff. Um, running's really important to my mental health and, and my creative life. Um, and I've done that since I was a little kid. So I was very sporty, but kind of like sporty and bookish. Um, I actually didn't get into technology until much later in life. 
Um, my when I was a kid, I mean, I've never been afraid of tech. Um, like it's always kind of been around me. But at school, when I when I was at school, learning technology meant learning how to type or learning how to use Microsoft Word. It, there was no, I, I didn't see code until I was eighteen. Um, you know. The, <clears throat> I didn't really um, write any any kind of code until I'd left school. Um, so, I mean, and I find it so fascinating. Um, but it was applied, you know? So writing code for code's sake has never been something I've ever done. I've never officially learned um, a language outside of learning how to do a certain thing. Right. Um, and actually, that's kind of how a lot of my favorite coders learned. Um, and I try and apply that approach and that project-based creative technology approach to all the things that I um, write. Um, and like when I'm designing curriculums or um, creating um, computing, um, <clears throat> computing programs now, I try and apply um, the way that I learned it. And because it is very different, um, the way you learn it in a formal setting is is extremely different to the way that you learn in an informal setting, which is much more project based. Which right. is kind of how we learn at these hackathons, actually. Um, it's actually something I'd say is is really crucial to um, to modern technical education is the idea of community. Um, I know that might sound like a, a cliche, but um, I didn't learn electronics at school I learned it at maker spaces I learned it you know I learned how to use an oscilloscope in my friend's kitchen um, I learned how to solder at London Fab Labs um, back in the day when it still existed um, and I um, by hanging out with people at maker spaces and at hacks um, or informal hacks I mean I host dinner parties where we all make stuff and I always learn something from that I think that's that's kind of community based learning and I personally really really respond to that and that's why I'm kind of active in this community. Fantastic. How's the book doing incidentally? What's the sort of response you're getting to that? So I'm having some really nice reviews. Um, I only find out uh, I only find out a cage, um, every six months because it only just came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know how it's selling but I know that uh, well I've got some really nice reviews from the BBC um, and from um, the editors at Hackspace said really nice things and um, and Make Magazine as well, so that's really affirming. Um, and but really, the things that make me happy aren't the kind of pundits. It's I'd seeing because because I'm very active on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and people do tend to at me with projects that they've made or their classes using it, and or their children who've made things. And I, I mean, you can never really tell what impact you're having, but um, I like to think that um, well, f- from what I can see, it's certainly doing something that. Um, is a different approach. The kind of creative, handmade technology um, seems to be really resonating, particularly with parents and teachers, which um, is really nice to see. Fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Do It Kids. Um, Do It Kids is a, is a home for all sorts of my projects. I mean, we started off this conversation by you asking me what I do for a living, and it took about half an hour for me to say, well, not really. I don't have a job. I don't really know what I do for a living. I just uh, sometimes earn money doing cool things. Um, 
Duke is really just a home for a lot of the stuff that I do in creative tech, um, whether that's creating a real project, uh, sorry, a real product in a box like the Mini Mew Glove, whether it's um, some robotic unicorns that I made um, on a residency, or whether it's the um, creepy goth spider circuit sculpture that I've made today that'll go up there as well. It's, it's like a, a portfolio um, home. I mean, for the, for the stuff that I would I do and also for the stuff that um, my friend and longtime collaborator Phoenix Perry does. Um, sometimes we work together and sometimes we don't. But I mean, really, um, I'd like it to grow um, into org- organically grow. I'm not I'm not um, I'm not I'm not trying to push it into a big business or anything. Uh, I'd like it to grow into a creative technology consultancy physic- um, that's um, focusing on physical computing um, and electronics, um, either with a technological or um, music based. Um, approach so yeah I mean it's it's just a showcase really um, it started off as something slightly different so I was um, I was doing a bunch of my own products um, so I did um, these were all like handmade by me I would make them all in a maker space you know I was doing batch runs and so on for, for various different kitable projects um, based on my work um, but I got to the point where I had my first kind of small success and I realised, you know what, I really hate putting things in envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the life for me. Right. I'd much rather do the, the, the prototyping and um, the prototyping um, and ideation phase rather than the manufacturing phase. So now I'm partnering with other people to actually manufacture right. and I produce partners. Because the first time <laughs> I came across you, uh, the story that I heard, and you can kind of correct mm-hmm. me on the, the history of this, but that you had this kind of uh, potential success with this product and you went, right, I'm off to China um, and went around knocking on, not speaking any Mandarin, or, or, but, but knocking on doors going, can you help me make this thing? How, tell me about that story and, and, yeah. and also who you went with. So it's actually kind of an interesting story. Um, so I was creating these things out of my makerspace and kind of supplementing my income a little bit by producing these handmade kits um, and, you know, I was kind of enjoying it and I was invited onto um, a product accelerator, you know, um, one of these um, technology accelerators that's like, well, you do all these things, you do these business pitches, then you get VC at the end and you go to China and you produce these things and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, I spent a, the best part of a year doing that. And at the end of it, I just realized I hate this. I hate these people, I hate this process, and there's got to be a better way. I mean, I, all the creativity was stripped out of me. Um, it was endless, um, you know, three to five year projections, um, which, by the way, are completely stupid. <laughs> you know, you can't project what's going to happen in five years. Um, and it's all about, like, shipping to China and making mass volumes of things um, made out of plastic um, by people working for not much money. And I just thought that, like, how soulless that whole industry is. I mean, there are some... there are, And also VC is, like, kind of... A, VC, it can be a complete crapshoot, you know? It seems... Like, I've seen a lot of potentially sustainable businesses, small businesses, I might add, being destroyed by VC. Because... 
VC isn't interested in 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 small profits or sustainability. It's or sustainability. It's yeah. It's an investment scheme. Yeah. For rich people, <laughs> like, <laughs> and they don't care if they destroy what like nine companies as long as one of them is huge. Yeah. Um, and I think VC is actually really harmful for people who just want to make a living. Um, rather than make a killing, and I decided that I don't want to make a killing. Um, I want to make. I want to have a nice life, not be completely exhausted, do creative things, impact people, um, and not fill the world with more plastic crap. Um. How's, that? How's that coming along? It's coming along great. Apart I mean, from the exhausted thing, <laughs> I'm actually pretty. Well, apart from today, I'm, I'm doing. Um, like, I'm not. I'm not as exhausted. I still work really hard. I work every day, but you know, I, I love my work. Yeah. Um, I've taught tens of thousands of people about technology, um, and I will continue to do that for yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, um, I'm a lot financially way better off (laughs) (laughs) now I'm actually working for a living um you know it's it's um it's much less stressful than the idea of kind of creating a product and selling things to people and kind of I I don't know some people love it They, they thrive on that business side of things I mean I enjoy business I enjoy parts of business but it's not my raison d'etre um I want to make things and to teach people things and that's what I want to do with my life um I don't need to have a hundred stuff in order to do that mm-hmm. um it's just about being efficient um if I wanted to be a kitting company that was that's com- that's something different right but I've realized fairly swiftly that um being a kitting company means that you are about manufacture and logistics and I right. don't necessarily enjoy that I enjoy the creation and the um so <laughs> yeah I mean it's, it's a work in progress my life's a work in progress of course but um, the, the VC side of things just wasn't for me. Um, and I think it, I think it's actually kind of a negative force in the world. Right. Well, <laughs> part of that progress has been moving countries. Are you, I mean, am I right to say you're from Wales originally? I am from Wales, when, when, yes. when I hear I'm from Wales, I imagine what other people uh, picture when I say I'm from New Zealand. Uh, you know, the sort of rolling green hills, <laughs> sheep, you know. It's, it's, it's very similar, actually. I did live in New Zealand for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they are similar, except um, I think New Zealand's like the cinematic version of Wales, and <laughs> uh, and Wales is the slightly grubby version it's of New Zealand. It's the small screen in New Zealand. Yeah. It is. It's the, scro- it's the soap opera version of New Zealand. There's a bit, there's a few more fights. Uh-huh. Um, the sheep are a bit dirtier. Right. <laughs> the weather's just that little bit shitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the Welsh and the New Zealanders. Uh, <laughs> but, but from that, you've, you've ended yeah. up in Berlin. I have, yes. So I spent a long time. Well, I've, I've lived in all sorts of places. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Wales. Um, I just moved to Berlin from London. Mm-hmm. Um, and I split my time now between Berlin and Chicago. Okay. Um, my husband's from Chicago. Um, Congratulations uh, on that, by the way, because that's a new you. thing. That right? is a new thing. We eloped in, in February, so that was right. quite fun. <laughs> And overlapping interests, clearly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tell me about Drew. Tell me a little bit about Drew. Um, Drew is a hardware designer um, and embedded systems engineer. um, Works for a really cool company called Oshpark. Um, Oshpark are um, an open source hardware. hardware. Mm -hmm. So basically, you can get your PCBs printed with them. um, And they're really nice quality, made in the US. Right. they're kind of pur- they're all purple as well. Okay. Um, so he does like projects and designs for them. Um, they're really popular in music tech actually. So if you open up any most um, um, 
um, analog synths yeah. and modern ones, you might see purple PCBs inside. Okay. So lots of um, lots of modular synth stuff is is powered using. Um, so that was the Chicago stuff. draw card. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the Berlin draw card? So Berlin. Okay, so Berlin was. Um, Kind of a spur of the moment thing. Okay, so my makerspace in London closed, and I I loved it. Um, It was a real nice mixture of um, artists, designers, technologists, um, real nice gender ratio as well. You know, people who specialized in woodwork, people who specialized in 3D printing, people who did lots of electronics. So it was really nice to be able to... um, to, to be able to, when you wanted to do a project, I know that there was um, someone in the room who would be able to do help you with every part of it. Um, but they put up the rent three times um, and we had to move out. So I was kind of at a loss. Like a lot of the other places in um, London had closed down. I'm not saying that there's no makerspaces in London. Of course there are. But like all the ones that I was had been working in were either moved or closed down or greatly reduced. So I was kind of thinking, well, what am I going to replace this with? Um, and at the, and also at that time, I realised, oh my gosh, Brexit's not not going to be stopped, is it? It's actually going to happen. Um, so I thought, right, let's get over here while I can. Um, so I was thinking about places to go, and um, I I know through the music tech scene actually um, that there's a lot of music tech happening in Berlin. Um, and I was asking around, and it seemed like there's incredible maker spaces. Um, really interesting people, very international. Um, so I basically put up a message on Facebook saying, thinking about Berlin, um, anyone got anything to say? And Matt from M- Music Tech Germany said, oh, my girlfriend's subletting a room. And I was like, I'll take it. So I moved to Berlin three weeks later. Right. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, and clearly that was, a, that was a good idea. Yeah, it was. Um, I've got my own apartment um, next to Johannes from Dada Machines. Like, we live literally next door to each other. Wow. Um, and then, so, yeah, we're like the nerdiest top floor of all time. In fact, Andrew Hockey is also a music technologist who's here at The Hack as well. He's currently in my apartment while I've been in the UK. Uh-huh. So we've got Johannes, me, Drew... Um, Andrew, and then there's two, there's a musician, another musician next door who makes her own instruments and plays various instruments. So basically, we're the nerdiest, mu- most musical floor of an apartment. In basically, a, a, <laughs> like, a mini music tech fest without yes. the signage. Yeah. yeah, it really is, and we do actually often host. I, I, I cook quite often, like um, when I'm in Berlin, and host um, make a. Um, dinner parties and we sit around last time we did a we um we ordered in pizza and wine and we all sat around and made a cardboard robot that delivers ice cream and wine so <laughs> of course you did <laughs> yeah and then we made a whole bunch of music um which was really nice um ended up doing um some drone music um Accompanied by um, by us reading code out of a textbook in a dramatic fashion. (laughs) 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 So it's it's a very it's a very music and nerd top floor apartment. It's kind of fun. Yeah, as you can imagine, Berlin's awesome and I love it. Yeah, the um, makerspace scene is so good, so good. You know, there's loads of real cool um, stuff going on. Um, it's really affordable city to live in. It's very international. 
Um, you don't have to speak lots of German to live there. I mean, obviously, it's polite to learn, but you can move there without speaking German. So, right. you know, right. it's, it's, it's a pretty great place. Fantastic. And yeah. you're clearly funded by the tourist board. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, I don't want more people to move to Berlin. So it's a terrible place, you know, yeah. dragons. <laughs> Definitely well, you know all about them coming from Wales, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, This is not your first MTF experience. No. What surprised you about this one? So it's the first time that there's been um, so many um, traditional instruments in the room, actually. So that was really fun, um, seeing like there's a trombone and a cello um, and someone who's talking about... And also a trombonist and a cellist. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Which yeah, is helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's really nice having that mixture of traditional instruments um, and the weird stuff that we do. Um, so that's really nice. And it's also really nice to see progression in the same thing. So um, Tom and I, Tom Fox and I, um, I've been working on microbit stuff for quite a long time, and also Tim as well. So weirdly, we've all gotten into microbit, um, and um, it's really nice to see their projects um, taking off. I mean, so in the last year since the last time we hacked together, in fact, so I made Tom his first microbit glove for uh-huh. the orange, the orange glove he uses. I actually sewed that for him um, back right in, before it was even remotely be considered to be a product, and in that year. Um, Tom's gone on to do incredible creative things with it. I've made it into a product in a box. And um, Tim's been writing like like really amazing body of code for Drake Music using the microbit as well. So it's really nice to come together again and see like the progression and be like inspired by each other's work yeah. in, the, in the last year since we've kind of been sitting together doing stuff. Yeah, so that's, that's one of the things I nice. love about this particular group of people is that something that happens at one event, it's not sort of thrown out and mm. we start fresh the next mm. time. There is this kind of ongoing development. I mean, this is yeah. the 16th MTF event. Wow. And there's a narrative that runs through all that. And some of the same, obviously some of the recurring mm. faces, but yeah. also the projects that develop and, and merge over time. So what's next for you? Another book? Uh, um, another product? So what's next for me? Um, I... I've got a lot of speaking engagements over the next couple of months mm-hmm. um, um, and a bunch of um, curriculum writing to do. So mm-hmm. doing, some, doing some core writing. Um, I'm writing um, and I'm doing, oh God, so depressing. So this year I was supposed to be dedicating myself to um, YouTube, to learning um to learning to learning my craft at YouTube. So basically, um, I've been writing for a really long time. I can create content, um, mm-hmm. like world-class content by writing. It's absolutely no problem. But more and more people are asking for video stuff. So I'm just like, okay. Sure. I, I'm, I'm quite good in front of a camera. I'm perfectly fine um, to be a presenter, but um, I need to build up my portfolio on YouTube, really, um, in order to kind of be at the top of my game. Um, and I've just not gotten around to doing as much as I would have liked this year. Right. Um, so there's that. Oh, I'm also working on a fun project. Um, I bought a 1920s can-can dress um, and um, I'm making it into a haptic homing device. Um, so this year for me is about two things. It's about learning YouTube and kind of getting that up there. Um, it's also about learning. I really wanted to learn because a lot of people with it, when they're interested in electronics, they go for the LEDs, but like LEDs leave me cold. Uh, you know, I can't be bothered with, you know, LEDs in clothing. Um, I'm interested, my outputs, I'm interested in our sound, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and also haptic technology. Um, so I just really wanted to up my haptic um, knowledge. So mm-hmm. I'm making a big project that will help me learn about all the different ways of 
controlling haptics. So a haptic homing device yes. in a can-can dress. <clears throat> yes. You'll find your way home, but yeah. you have to do high kicks all the way. No high kicks. Um, it's basically, well, the first iteration is just um, just a compass. So I'm using a sobel magnetometer um, and um, like a grid of um, small vibration motors that oh. are controlled in... Um, a number of different ways. And they just nudge you in the direction that you exactly, need. Exactly. Um, but the next version will be using GPS. Okay. So I'll be able to put input destinations rather than know um, the direction. So, you know, the first version is like, well, go if you know that you need to go north, it will tell you how to get there. Mm-hmm. But the next version, I need to integrate GPS and some kind of like, I think I know how I'm going to do it, but I don't like to prejudge how projects. I mean, I came here expecting to make a very small, neat harp, and I've made like a, a sprawling, um, dead insect goth sculpture. So like, you don't know how projects are going to turn out. Um, oh, but, sure. but it's all about learning. So yeah, I'm learning haptics um, and YouTube. And, you know. The YouTube thing's interesting. I mean, I was yeah. actually going to ask you, you know, when's the, the big sort of superstardom mm. on, on YouTube? Goes. But there's, there's actually a few, I guess, models that you could kind of look mm-hmm. at and go, I could mm-hmm. do it that way, I could do it this exactly. way. You know, I could go completely look mum no computer or I yeah. could go totally Simone or I could go Andrew Huang or... Yeah, I mean, the I mean the thing is like I, you know, I still need to make a living in between all my projects. Mm-hmm. So it's basically important for me to balance learning these new skills with being able to, um, you know, pay my rent. Um, so the best way for me to go about it is to produce video for clients. So yeah. I already do that. I don't yeah. produce the video, but I'm a present for people. But those tend to be kind of closed systems, right? So I just I was the face of microbit for the um, a big project in the Western Balkans and did um, a series of like uh, twelve lessons, essentially twelve like teacher training videos. Okay. So my presenter skills are pretty much down, but. Um, I need to be able to balance those kind of projects that are, that I can't use as my portfolio and I can't show to a general audience with ones that um, are a bit more, you know, that I will write myself. But those take a long time. They're very labour intensive. So target audience for this, kids? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, um, I really interact nicely with the 7 to 14. They're my favorite age. They're super curious, not super grumpy. They're kind of capable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really easy to make them feel really excited. Yeah. Um, but having said that, like I do aim it at, at the, that age range. Or I should say I aim it to be inclusive to that age range. Um, I don't think that children have a monopoly on creativity or play. Um, I really enjoy the mix that I do and I know there's lots of grown-ups that enjoy it as well Mm -hmm. Um, and I think my approach works really nicely for artists um, who want to do something um, but don't necessarily need to become an expert in it you know there's this assumption that if someone's going to use an Arduino board that they're going to go down this journey and Arduino will be their end goal and they're going to do all these things and I'm like well actually you could just do that in five minutes with a microbit and some block code and you've still got the same result. Not everybody needs to be an expert, but sometimes people want to know how to do things. Yeah. So, I mean, I try and make what I do very practical so that hobbyists or like people who are already um, expert in one thing, someone might be a, an amazing seamstress, for example, but they might not know how to make a circuit. So those are my those are my audiences, really. Children and people who want to dip their toe into electronics without necessarily understanding the why of every single thing. You know, right. I think there's already a lot of um, electronics experts out there on YouTube. And I think what I can add is um, 
enthusiasm and good projects that will be adaptable for um, either children or for um, people who are making their own um, things already, but just maybe not in my field. Targeting the playful and the curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is that how you would describe yourself? Um, I'd hope so. Yeah, I'm very playful. Um, I strive to be playful and curious. How's that? <laughs> like, I don't always achieve it sometimes. You know, sometimes I get anxious and worried too. But yeah, the um, uh, playfulness is, is, is a lovely state to try and be to try and exist in. Right. Well, I'm aware that I'm probably making you uh, less than less than playful right now because you've got things that you yeah, need to be working no on before we present. If, yeah, I don't know if my dead bug is actually dead or if it's alive. So right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, I'll be performing with it. So um, yeah, let's see if I'm just going to be um, poking some wires or if they're actually going to be making some sound. Fantastic. Well, let's find out. Thanks <laughs> so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right, cheers, Emma. Cheers then. Bye-bye. Bye. Helen Lee. And the good news is, not only did she get the creepy spider harp thing up and running again, it was a beautiful centrepiece to the MTF Lab's performance at Music Massa. And that's the MTF podcast. And that, believe it or not, was episode 26, six months of solid weekly episodes. So make sure you go back and listen to some that you've missed. And this might also be a good time to hit the subscribe button and add it to your shortlist of regulars. We'll keep putting them out each week and featuring brilliant and fascinating people from the worlds of innovation, music making, industry, academia, art, science, and everything else connected with the world of MTF. And in the meantime, have a great week and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Thank you.